0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House for Worship today. Today is a festival service day. This is the day we celebrate Epiphany. Uh, Epiphany is a word that means revealing. Do you know what God reveals today? The full guest list for heaven. The Jews and Gentiles are welcome and invited to be in eternal life with him. We'll celebrate that in the worship that we have before us, both on screen and in in the bulletin. Just one note, I know this just popped on. They were having some technical glitches with it and I think they're still trying to figure it out. So the best way for for the time being is gonna be to use your bulletin this morning. Order of services here. Let's begin with our opening hymn, Hymn 372. of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you. And also with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve Him. It's his dear children, but we have disobeyed Him and deserve only His wrath and punishment. Therefore let us confess our sin to him and plead for His mercy. Dear Lord, we were born in the thick darkness of sin, distant from you and dead in our guilt. We have been ignorant of your light, opposed to your truth, and cold toward others. Our blindness has brought nothing but gloom among us and grief to you. We deserve to be left alone, separated from your life and goodness forever. Lord, have mercy on us. The Lord has been merciful to us and his glory has dawned upon us. He sent his Son, born in Bethlehem, and beheld by those from far away. He lived in our gloom to shine upon us. He died in darkness so that we may approach God with confidence. He rose again to assure us that his radiance is ours, and in him our hearts throb and swell with joy. As a called servant of Christ, then, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. by a star, you led the wise men of old to worship the Christ child. So lead us that we too may worship him in all our lives. Holy Spirit within us, guide our works and shape our deeds and actions into fit expressions of worship, praise, and love. This we ask in the name of Jesus, the light of the world. lesson today is from 1 Kings 10 and it's intended to be impressive to see just the brilliance of Solomon. How he organized everything, had everybody in the right places. I imagine he didn't forget a name. He knew where all the servants were to be. He knew their schedules. How everything was to work. From the littlest detail to the biggest. And when the Queen of Sheba sees this, just how impressed she is. And this is just a little taste of how impressive is Jesus Christ in all that he manages. The small details to the big ones for our salvation. We read, When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but... I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love, for Israel he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness this is the word of our lord continue with the solo phrase. Acts 13 serves as a basis for the sermon. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. This is the word of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn 3-7. Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, your fellow believers. June 30th, 2013, a tough day. 80 miles northwest of Phoenix, in a place called Yarnell, Arizona, fire broke out from lightning and it was spreading rapidly. A group of experienced firefighters called Hot Shots, responded to it, and their job is to dig ditches, their job is to try and deter it, get rid of the brush, remove things that they could, and, and try and minimize the fire, and maybe even steer it with air support where, where they could, where it will go out as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, the fire was so intense, and the wind so fierce, and if you know anything about Arizona wind, it can just turn and almost come from seemingly every direction, turned on them and the 19 of them because of the already previously mentioned description of the fire they just didn't stand a chance they deployed their emergency equipment which meant a covering over them uh, didn't work 19 people died this, this hits home for me because I was living in Arizona during that time And when you saw the news reports and heard about the biographies of these people, many of them wonderful Christian people, many of them just working for small income to do this type of firefighting work, and they left behind spouses, they left behind kids, just tragic in every way. The heart almost still hurts from this. And to this day, that's one of my pictures for what hell is like. Just this intense, fierce fire coming from every direction that seemingly just cannot be stopped. In the course of a year, in teaching Bible classes and Bible information classes to people, well-intentioned questions come from the students before they're looking at the Bible. And as they consider these teachings about the gospel and about hell and Often the questions come, is God being fair? Well, what about these people over here? It kind of seems like they didn't have a chance. I mean, if only God would do this, if only God could help them in in this kind of way, then then maybe they would stand a chance. And God's answer to that to you today, on epiphany, is grace. Grace. That God reveals grace at his own expense. That's what the term grace means. That God, who knew no sinner stood any chance whatsoever for eternity, that God didn't want to leave this to no chance, or to just in general luck, that God went about this whole thing at his own expense. That God sent Jesus at his own expense. That God now gifts the church to proclaim this message, to get this out there so that people see the one true chance there is that God guarantees in this gospel. I mean, that's exactly what the scriptures proclaim to anybody and everybody. The door to heaven is wide open to you through faith in Jesus. No matter where you come from or what your background is. And our lesson today is from Acts chapter 13. We're nearing the end of the chapter. But that's exactly what God proclaims at the beginning of the chapter. This is the first missionary journey for Paul and Barnabas. And here they were, leaders of the church at Syrian Antioch, a city north of Jerusalem, east of the Mediterranean Sea. And there they were, serving faithfully in that congregation. And the Holy Spirit said at the beginning of Acts 13, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them. And their hearts grieved, and yet they were overjoyed. They, they laid their hands on them, set them apart, and sent them off into mission work. And here these two guys go, at the command of God, leaving family behind, in a sense, loved ones, to proclaim the gospel to people who don't know it yet, so they would have a chance And they go at their own expense or even supported by the church to bring this message to people so they would hear about it. So they go west, they go to Crete, and they visit a few synagogues there. Barnabas likely had relatives on that island. And then they sail north and they go into modern-day Turkey and they land at the port city and they travel to a city called Pisidian Antioch where they go there on the Sabbath day and they proclaim on that Sabbath day the grace of God. They bring this message about Jesus graciously to those people there so they would hear about it. Acts 13 is a lengthy sermon that Paul preaches. And afterwards, it looks like they had some questions too. And it says at the beginning of our lesson then, they answered them boldly. Bold preaching. Bold answers. Do you know what bold preaching is? It's not tactless preaching. It's not in-your-face rude preaching that is insensitive to the audience. Bold preaching is two things. Bold preaching means they didn't hold anything back. They weren't embarrassed by any nook or cranny of the scriptures. They were willing to share all of it and they stood faithfully on it. And so in a manner of speaking, they looked completely to God and they trusted him and they shared that message and bold preaching. Then the flip side of that is it didn't matter who was seated in the audience. It didn't matter their social standing, their job. It didn't matter their wealth. It didn't matter whether they were high on the totem pole or low. It didn't matter their age. It didn't matter their gender. It didn't matter their color. They just proclaimed the word of God to anybody and everybody who had gathered there that day. They brought the gospel to whoever would hear. So God, at his own expense in Jesus, God, at his own expense of the church, in a manner of speaking, and his people shaped missionaries to go out to others to bring this message. He left nothing to chance so that this would get out there. That's God's record on how much he cares for people. Man's record is a little bit different. Our text says, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. That was cold rejection. The word in Greek for rejection doesn't mean that they were dismissive. It doesn't mean that they were polite and said, we'll, we'll just you're, you're, you're nice people, Paul and Barnabas, but we'll just go our own way. The word for rejection here means that it was stubborn insistence that this gospel was not true. They stubbornly insisted that Jesus was not the Messiah predicted from the Old Testament and that Paul and Barnabas were teaching something false. They stubbornly refuse this. It's as if they're saying to Paul and Barnabas, boldly back we refuse this we have our own protective gear and with our own equipment we are going to face the ferocity and the intensity of the wrath of God and we're going to do it ourselves we don't need what you're providing Paul and Barnabas didn't skip a beat they said you don't consider yourselves then worthy of eternal life. This isn't that some people are more worthy than others, but in the way they're talking here, it's as if they're saying, you are scorning this message. You think a crucified Jesus, a Jew who died on a cross, is less. It's beneath you, and you are elevating yourselves above it in your rejection of this message. And in so doing... You don't, you don't consider yourselves worthy because this is beneath you. And on top of that, you are pitching your eternal tent outside of heaven. Eternal life is going to elude you. They didn't hold back what the consequences were going to be on them. They were very, very direct. You know, what's interesting about this lesson is that this was just one day. This was one Sabbath day. This was their first stop in that synagogue. And they let him preach a sermon. They let him talk about Jesus. And then it was met with that fierce rejection. That's it. They got one chance. And in response to their rejection of the gospel, Paul didn't make a threat, he made a promise. I can see that you guys are stubbornly not coming this way. That's fine. That's fine for me. I am going to go a different way. I promise you, I will not bring the gospel back in this city again to your synagogue. I will go a separate way. Sometimes people may get only one chance in hearing the gospel. And God is not unfair in doing that. Sometimes people may get one opportunity to hear the gospel and their insolence and the way they (laughs) stubbornly reject it. God is not unjust to turn away from them and to take it a different direction. And actually... It's the same for people in our congregation, too. How we persist, and I know people individually in this congregation persist as well in talking to loved ones who are straying, how we persist on the the group of elders to write letters, to send emails to make phone calls and leave voicemails that are often not returned and unanswered. And every now and then we stop by people's homes and they just will not talk about the gospel. They will not change their mind. They will not change their actions. And where people over time, it becomes clear that they too are rejecting, that they too are stubbornly putting the walls up that they too are going a different way and maybe they show it by the practice of their life that they are participating and persisting in a sinful life over going with the way the scriptures teach us to practice our life? Well, then we've got to do what Paul and Barnabas did. We, we have no choice as Christian people and Christian leaders. We get to answer them boldly too. And that doesn't mean be rude. That doesn't mean be a jerk. It means we're going to stand honestly on the word of God and we're not going to hold it back and we're going to call sin what it is. And we're going to let you know in Christ with love that you are pitching your tent outside of eternal life. And we as a church are going to walk away and we're going to go forward a different direction. And thank God Paul and Barnabas did. <laughs> this is not a negative thing, even if it's a result that we're not happy with. Thank God Paul and Barnabas did what they did. Look at what the scriptures say. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The gospel belongs to God. The gospel he gives to all of us, and he is willing to bring it out to the world. But the gospel belongs to God and he's gifted it to the Christian church to share this message. This message is for all. This is his old invitation that goes back to the Old Testament that God promised this message was not supposed to be restricted between the walls of a synagogue. This message was to go out to the world of all sinners. That includes us. When the Gentiles and Paul and Barnabas' day heard this message, when they heard that adamantly put down like that, that this message was for you Jews, but if you're going to reject it, we're not going to stop with you. We're going to take it out to the others. They heard this message and they believed it. Do you know what they didn't do? They didn't puff their chests out and say, ha, that makes us better than you Jews now. They didn't all of a sudden start looking down on Jews. They didn't think they were better people somehow than others. No, all they did was they looked ever closer at the gospel about Jesus Christ and the open door to heaven. And they treasured it. They took it to heart. The gospel going to Gentiles, going to people like us doesn't make us better. We're not better sinners than other people. All it does is it means this is for you. The message of forgiveness of sins is for you and it leads us to see Jesus and all that he did that though we didn't deserve it. God did did what was not fair. He paid our price by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive all of us our sins and to invite us to to be a part of this. That through Jesus Christ, he has pitched our future tent in heaven. And no matter our gender, no matter our color, no matter our background, how messy or nice it looks. This includes you. You're invited to this. The The door to heaven is open to you. That's the message of Epiphany, that God would make this and do this all for us. In fact, he takes it a step further. He says, this was not left to chance. There's a unique little phrase at the end of uh, this section of scripture we have today. It says, all who were appointed for eternal life believed. That makes it clear. Sometimes people say, why some and not others? Why do some get to go to heaven and not others? And the answer is right here. God, through this gospel, sends the message out through his people to the world. And those who he brings by this gospel, he appointed before time began. Why do some get to go to heaven? Because God, by grace, brought this message to them, shaped their hearts, brought them to faith. They treasured it, And Jesus brings them to heaven. Why some? Because God brought the message out. Why not others? Because like what we heard in this synagogue today. From the text. Some stand against it. Adamantly reject it. And refuse the grace that God truly wanted for them. God is not unjust in this. In any way. He left nothing to chance. If anything, he did everything he could to get the word out. And he still does today by revealing it to you. Don't take this for granted. This is for you. Treasure it the same way the Gentiles did back then. By taking it to heart. And then secondly, they put it into practice. It says they honored the word. That's what we get to go today and do too. Take this to heart, believe the word, and let God use us in our lives. That we continue to proclaim this epiphany grace and bring this message to others. That's what it's about. That grace might be theirs too. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God and Mary's Son, in the fullness of time, you came into our world to save us from sin and death. You the grace, long Beloved Son of the Father, revered by the Magi, baptized by John, you came preaching and teaching, healing and comforting, forgiving and encouraging. Of peace shine like a beacon for us and the people of our world. Let the good news of salvation be heard in the remotest corners of the earth. Open our own lips to speak your name to those around us who still live without faith or hope. Lord of the church, let your peace rule our hearts that we may use our gifts to serve you and each other in willing gratitude and joy. Watch over our loved ones near and far that they may remember your love and rejoice in your salvation. Strengthen the faith of the sick and the disheartened. Give hope to those in despair and comfort to those who mourn. Be gracious to all
1: and lead us to reflect your love in everything we say and do.
0: Hear us, Lord, as we now bring you our private petitions. Finally, Lord, bring us and all your believers to the heavenly home where we will stand in the full light of your glory and with all your saints and angels sing the everlasting song of triumph. And we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another and serve your Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. announcements go. Uh, Pastor Bodhi is going uh, to worship with family in second service, but he wanted to make known that next Sunday uh, he's going to be leading the Sunday Bible study on the book of James. So Bible study in Sunday school starts uh, this next Sunday. And then this Wednesday though, we do have our uh, Wednesday morning Bible study on Romans. And then uh, anybody interested, I've had a few people reach out about the Bible information class and have more to contact. Uh, That's in development. If uh, you are interested, just please let me know and we'll try to work out a day of the week where we can make that happen. We also have this month's edition of the Wells Connection. That's cute.